Is there a universal energy that binds us together, can influence how we think and feel, and help us explain the deep meanings behind life? Stay tuned for this episode of Spearlift. Nicole, I want to speak in this episode of Spearlift, especially for people who feel like they can never get out of situations in their life that feel like they're always trapped, they're always stuck, that they're always in a situation that can never get better for them, you know? And what we touched upon last time in our last episode of Spearlift is that we didn't spend a lot of time on it, but we touched on this fact that there is, there seems to be a type of universal energy, frequency, vibration that if we align ourselves with it, that if we're in tune with it as much as possible, as best as we can be, that our life can actually turn out really the way we would desire. So I want to talk about that and focus on that for this Mm -hmm. episode of Spearlift and especially speaking to people out there who just feel overwhelmed with anxiety, depressive related issues and how we Mm -hmm. might and how you might give very good insight based on what you know and your experience to help people feel better. So uh, let's just start off, Nicole. Thank you so much for being back on Spearlift is an honor. Really, I really enjoy speaking with you, and so does our audience. Can you please explain, from your perspective, what is, in just in general terms, from what you, the way you see it, this universal energy and this frequency? Sure. I think the best way to go about that is to understand the language of the universe and to understand what the universe actually is. There's a couple ways you can do that. The first one is to literally understand the word universe. So uni means one and verse typically is something that you sing or that you speak. Um, even in the beginning of the Bible, and you know, I don't believe in any dogmas and things like that, but I do follow theology for its teachings because I do believe that there's a lot of allegory in there that is basically um, teaches us uh, purpose in life and what what we really are. Um, so when we think about that one song or we think about the beginning of the Bible where it says, in the beginning there was the word. In the beginning there was some form of sound. There was some form of frequency that started it all. Now, whether you want to call it a big bang or you want to call it, you know, universal frequency or the universe, the one song, um, it's a frequency. It's, it's an energy. So last time we were speaking, we started talking a little bit about like, uh, what energy is and how everything is atomic. And the only difference between you, me and the floor, my chair, this light is the frequency or the energy that's moving through those atoms to create form. So now we're talking about frequency sound or this, this universal energy that creates form. It creates everything around us. So what is it? Where does it come from? That's sort of the thing that a lot of religions try to explain. They try to explain what is God? What is heaven? What is hell? What are all these polarities? Why are there good and bad? Like what, what is that? And I believe that all of it can be explained by understanding not only the atom, but even deeper than that, to understand a sound wave, understand frequency. Um, because I believe that we're actually made up of all of these bioacoustic frequencies, energies that are moving through atoms that literally have a tone. And there are animals like dolphins that can actually hear these tones. And they've actually been known to heal 
people with these frequencies and these tones and they even have it's it might sound crazy but they have dolphin doulas that literally play sounds while women are giving birth and water and and, and, and it takes away the pain and all these other crazy things um so where i usually go when i'm trying to understand energy is that anything that starts with an e like that is an electric motion it's something that moves it's something that vibrates it's something that creates form through a vibration um so if that's where you probably want to start with that absolutely um, and nicole what i'm curious i i have several things i want to ask about a few things you just said there but one of them is why do you think um be, i why do you think like for example the tibetan buddhist monks focus on a lot of their days with the the um sound like they go into this med meditative mode and and are tapping into that let's say vibration that frequency they seem very in tune with exactly with what you're talking about but why why do you think like may, possibly mm -hmm. other religions um you know, wh whichever other religion is, don't really talk about that too much. Like I, you know, um, I think mm. some some like Christian groups or religious groups in when they're um, together in congregation and they're singing and then there's worship music, there is actually a very high energy yeah. of positivity yep. and vibration, which is great. And I think that's amazing. And yes. actually, actually, now that I think about it, mm -hmm. I think the i think muslims do spend a lot of time with the, their prayers that are of a chant and they do singing. so maybe i am wrong when i say that but the the thing is what i the reason the tibetan monks came to me more quickly is because it seems like the um sound that vibrate some people say that's the vibration of god okay the um okay and so when i think about the tibetan monks they seem to be very in, in grained in that on a very daily basis, right? Yeah. So can you explain yeah. Maybe those discrepancies, yeah. are, they're focusing more on that and others not possibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you'll notice that all over the world, like even, even in the Catholic and Christian religions, they have prayer beads. Mm -hmm. So do the Buddhists. And they all have 102 beads on them because 102 is the frequency of the universal laws. It's, it's really, really beautiful. All of these religions, and we can even do another talk on this about astrotheology, how all of the religions literally have the same teachings. But to just go back to the first one, Tibetan monks with the Om sound. Om is a Sanskrit word for um, the all, but also they understand language so much deeply, more deeply than we do, um, because they actually understand um, what we were just talking about, um, the understanding frequency and sine waves, right? So the Bible calls it the original sin. It's a sine wave. It's frequency. So everything that vibrates is sort of the, the frequency or the illusion of the world that we live in. Because to a certain degree, it's, it's a perspective world that we have to see for it to be real. So OM is literally the mouth opening, ah, and then closing, mm. So it's the beginning of a wave and the ending of, of a wave. It's so literally creation and destruction in one word. And that one word literally means, it's it's so crazy. So Sanskrit, the language they speak, it like one sound can mean like an entire teaching. It could, it could almost have the depth of an entire book. Whereas in English language, it's still very descriptive and we can pull out the meaning of our words too. Um, but it takes a lot longer to explain something. Whereas Om is literally they're describing the creation to you with one sound. That is mind blowing. Right? And so when you do that over and over, you are tuning the brain 
to being in connection with that teaching and that moment. So that's why they, when they chant and the Gregorians did this too. And that's, I think that's like even Roman Catholics, they all have things that they say over and over and over. Um, because what it does is it actually, it goes uh, into the brain and the nerve system in the brain the 12 cranial sacral nerves are the things that do all of the electric all the electricity through the body all the communicating um like the planet it's connected to the planet mercury and does all the communication so when you talk and you and you speak these things they come out of uh your throat which if you look at it actually kind of looks like the opening of a woman's vagina mm -hmm. because it is a creationary act right it's the same thing to speak a word is to create in the universe because words create worlds not too dissimilar in in uh in meaning there so that's why even a lot of the mystery schools say be very careful with the word the word is what creates and as the bible says in the beginning was the word so if the word if these frequencies are creating worlds these these tibetan monks they know how to create their own reality by connecting themselves with that frequency and with that knowledge so they're connected to this ultimate knowledge just by saying one word Nicole, that is actually the first time I'm hearing that description of the, the word on life. You know, I had no idea about that. Like when you're talking about the creation mm -hmm. and, you know, this is, it's absolutely fascinating. And like for the Gregorians and like the Tibetan monks, why, why is it so important for them to do that? even on a daily basis why not just once a month once a year <laughs> no it's kind of a <laughs> yeah. silly question but like what what's the what's the importance of basically tapping into this energy this frequency what why is it important for these people because they understand the importance of the illusory nature of the world but they also understand um that there needs to be some form of ritual or um, practice in order to tone and continuously um, balance the self and bring it to center because when you're interacting with the world at large and also with many other people and their their innate frequencies and we can talk about that at some point too that um, it can easily become out of balance with with the ego mind which is sort of our filter of how we deal with um, fear in the world um, so that's basically what my thinking on that is that there has to be a repeated practice in order to like, it's the same thing as going to the gym, right? Like if you want to stay fit and healthy, it's something that you have to repeat, right? Like you can't just go to the gym once a month and, and have, you know, a nice toned body for instance, right? Like it has to be a repeated practice. And I think it's the same thing with your mind, um, and with, uh, balancing the energy inside of your body. I think it's no different. Um, so they do a repeated practice because that's, that's what they do. They're basically Jedi's for lack of a better word. Um, and they actually did learn these things from the Jedi who were a real people. Most people don't realize a lot of that stuff from star Wars talking about the force were really the source the frequency from which all energy comes from is actually from Egypt. Um, the Jedi were people that were actually able to control their minds and frequencies and were very, very powerful people that guarded the kings and queens in, uh, in uh, ancient Egypt. Wow. No, it's, it, no, it's <laughs> so amazing, all these different histories, and I, I'm sure they're just amazingly profound, you know, and what they're able to, to understand. And, yeah. what you know, Nicole, I think... When you're when you're talking about this, I think 
part of the root of what we can get to with this with this understanding is that if we understand how again what you're talking about how these frequency and vibrations affect us on the molecular level at the you know the very tiniest of what we are made of as what this is mm -hmm. right Each and every one of us yeah that will determine let's say a very fruitful balanced enjoyable life versus not so much right so yeah probably throughout all of the different centuries all the different civilizations probably they were all trying to get to this one main thing it was like how can we in, be, have the best life right and what what yeah. i think what i where i think some of this gets misconstrued is that some people say okay we need to figure out how to live life analytically up here right in our brain we got to figure right. out life yeah. through logic but we you know tapping into this inner self inner understanding inner life the real life force all comes down to mm -hmm. the actual binding of what the universe is made of wouldn't you say so do you yeah it seems like yeah and the, and also there's good actors bad actors right for me i don't want to get yes. conspiratorial but i think bad actors understand this very well as as much as you know how it's used for good right i think there's definitely a force, yes right so yeah my my main thing i want to get at is if we from your perspective if we really understand this language of the universe as it's really through this kind of you know, understand vibration, sound, everything else that seems to be the glue of everything. It can really, do you mm -hmm. think, really help us understand who we are and yep. how we really have an enjoyable mm -hmm. life? Yeah, totally. And I think, I think one of the main things to remember is that when you understand that everything is frequency, then you start to go, I recommend looking into something like the Kaibalion. That's one of my favorite go-to teachings in terms of really explaining these seven principles that explain everything about how the frequency works. Sorry, so, can you explain what the Kybelian is really quick? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an ancient uh, teaching. It actually it has again roots in ancient Egypt. So, also want to credit almost all of these ancient original spiritual teachings. They all come from Africa, the original people of the earth who have literally, you know, the the Eve gene where all humanity basically has has spread from. And unfortunately, even that information has been suppressed. So again, not to get conspiratorial, but there has been a suppression of spiritual knowledge. And especially in the Western world, we do not have a great connection to, I mean, the Western world is the only one that doesn't have a teaching about um, reincarnation. Everywhere else does. Why, Everywhere is that? Else Why is that, you think, in your opinion? I'm just curious. Uh, because we're a very masculine, it's a very masculine, uh, industrial, and, and, and this is changing, um, society. Um, that's a lot more materialistic. It's more, um, and, and this all has its point and purpose in the great like universal plan too. Um, but you can see that uh, even America right now is under a great amount of turmoil. And the reason is because that energy is shifting and transforming and there's resistance to it, right? We are becoming a more highly evolved, a more spiritual uh, type of society you think about when technology was introduced really the internet cell phones us talking you know from thousands of miles away 
that changed our minds. We are evolving right now. So that was a mental evolution and how we communicate changes and how we think changes. And, you know, now I think we're kind of going through a period of spiritual evolution where more people are tuning in and tuning on to a higher self and higher frequencies. So, Nicole, this understanding of the... In, in our lives, like how we could, you know, tap into this connectivity, this universal frequency and kind of energy that really is sort of, you know, the root of everything. If we can really, really get into it and understand to make us yeah. just have the most, you know, the, the things we would really desire. And even if they're not things that we should be seeking out. I mean, look, I some people think mm -hmm. life happens to you or you make what you do with your life. I, I think it can be honestly both ways, right? I mean, there is some kind of yeah, somewhere in there between a determinist point of view and free will, you know, but because mm -hmm. in my opinion, I think there's almost infinite possibilities of anything all the time, right? Yes. I think it's a big tapestry yeah. mm -hmm. of complexity that we have no idea about. But, yeah, exactly. You know, so I want to go back to what you're talking about, why maybe even things were in, in some of these um, re possibly religious um, groups or practices, some, some kind of texts were hidden possibly away from us to understand this deeper truth and mm -hmm. understand. Like when I think of the Bible, for example, there's certain books that are not included in there like the i think gospel of thomas talks about there's actually um within the gospel of thomas mm -hmm. jesus ac actually talked about the way in which you can uh discover this inner truth within you and the practice to do that but that's not mm -hmm. anywhere else in the bible itself which i find kind of strange but <laughs> yeah yeah isn't it isn't it funny how edited has been and it's funny that we talk about the bible as an example um the new testament has was edited and and modified by politicians it's like government approved it's so bizarre the older of the spiritual text, the closer you can get to some of the original information, which is literally using Jesus as the figure to teach you how to engage with your own sovereignty and to teach you how to become enlightened. Jesus, you know, to a certain degree, is almost identical to the Buddha, as in it was a figure for you to understand and to bring into your life and to appreciate what that energy is of selfless service, of this high frequency of somebody who's sovereign and use that energy to empower yourself. But we've seemed to turn it to something external and we worship and we think that it's outside of ourselves and we don't really use the information to self-empower. And sometimes it's used as uh, religion is almost weaponized against others, which is when you think about what universal frequency is. And if we all come from that same frequency then we are all one we are all one frequency split and divided into this beautiful form so we're all going through the same thing so to weaponize that and to individualize ourselves you know that's really interesting so why become an individual when we think about even western society how individualistic we are i think that is a huge component of colonialism to a certain degree because 
you know, going back again to Africa, they were very community, common unity oriented. They were very spiritual. Um, they were very connected to each other. Um, and so when they did start colonizing Africa, the first thing that they did was go after their spirituality. That's in texts. It's an English text saying they went after their spirituality. They went after the family. And to a certain degree, it seems like that kind of carried over into what we're seeing right now is this individualistic, greedy, materialist style of person where we're taught from cradle to grave that you need to accumulate. It's so toxic, right? Because it leaves people out. It leaves people in poverty. It leaves people, you know, sort of on the fringe. So when you're talking about um, this high vibe spiritual thing, it's really important to like really include the fact that there was some funky business going on there that that did separate spirituality from the human condition, right? And took and, and kind of bastardized a lot of religions around the world and made it about not what it was intended, which well, I think was a beautiful spiritual teachings to learn how to empower yourself. I study a lot of religion because I've always been interested in, and I've always had a like a, a tune tune into the fact that that it is telling the truth. And I study something called astrotheology, which literally links up the story of every single religion, puts it together, and they all line up. Not only do they all line up, they all line up with the story of the astrology, the stars in the sky. I can explain to you how Jesus is actually the planet Jupiter. Jupiter represents in astrology good fortune, giving selflessness you know um beauty and 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 saturn actually represents satan and if you actually look at the properties of saturn the saturn you you'll, you'll recognize those properties of satan and you know it, it's just really really interesting so um and the 12 disciples are the 12 zodiac signs it's it's really really incredible when you start linking it together well, that, that, I mean, that's definitely a profound conversation. You know, either we can touch on more right now or definitely another episode. Yeah. But they, Nicole, I want to go kind of more into that idea what you're talking about, in a sense, individualism and in a way, collectivism. Not collectivism like, okay, we all got to think the same. We all got to do the same. That's not what I'm referring to. I think there's a difference between understanding the root nature of what what you're really getting to this this vibration this frequency that is the binding force behind all of us no matter what mm -hmm. no matter if you are nicole i am devin she is her she is her he is he except whoever right this yeah basically right you know yeah we the different what i'm trying to say is you know there are constructs that where that don't want us to think or be a certain way and i think that's there for a reason right but yep. if we understand what what's going on in here right in this you know on a very very molecular level if we understand that that's going to just open up again this yeah. deeper understanding of really the spiritualness that is you know that really really makes yeah this this universe yeah. the way it is right um go ahead i'm sorry yeah yeah no i think it's the understanding of self that actually makes you start to recognize the things around your world um that maybe aren't necessarily in alignment with your heart i think it's the starting to know yourself and figure out who you really are and i think it's a lot of this knowledge that starts to inspire people to um want to teach or give back to the community so they can raise their awareness of who they are and essentially i think that starts to actually bring together communities so i think it actually does start and that's not a selfish energy knowing yourself is very much 
one of love. And I think the universe, when we talk about um, the language of how to connect with that source frequency, I think is literally how we think and feel about ourselves. Because I think in essence, we are that. So if we are from source and we, you know, let's say we, again, I, I'm talking earlier about how powerful words are. If the words we use against ourselves, if the words that we speak out into the universe are that of a negative nature, or they're very like demeaning to ourselves, because a lot of us are very hard on ourselves, then that becomes your reality. It becomes the frequency that you're telling the universe how you feel and how you want the universe to respond to you. And the funny thing is that when you start making yourself a priority, when you start um, aligning your words with truth and with um, higher uh, values and you're, you speak more beautiful things into the world, you'll notice that the universe starts to give you those things. It starts to reciprocate. Okay, Nicole thinks she's a priority. Let's give her things that reflect that she's a priority. So we talk about, I'm talking about how everything's a frequency and then how we sometimes use the verbiage that we get stuck in cycles. That's, that's frequency. That means we're not um, getting out of a certain loop or we're not leaving a certain frequency. And that's why we start to experience the same things over and over and over. But by starting to recognize that loop or to recognize the frequency they're in, we can change it with our words and we can use that language with the universe. That's why I always recommend to a lot of my clients is that I recommend doing mirror work, looking in the mirror and telling yourself beautiful things and watch. At first, you'll probably feel uncomfortable. You say, you're beautiful. And some people find it, start to cry or they find it very uncomfortable. Now you recognize the loop you're in. You're in a loop of, of a destruction towards yourself. And that's where a disease and resistance and all these things come from, in my opinion. That, that right there is the key to everything, right? We, I think we yeah. underestimate how incredibly creative we are, right? I mean, we are... We are creative. the universe. We are the... Yeah. We we're are microcosms the of it, for goodness sake, right? So... We want to understand source. You just have to know who you are. Your words create worlds. The universe is you. <laughs> you are the one creating the worlds. So it's that simple. Know what you're, know what the, the frequency of, of what you're putting out into the world and how you treat yourself. That's it. That's your reality. Bar not. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> we make yeah. things so complicated. And I think it's just because of being disillusioned, of being told things, you know, using too much of this part of your the, the, this part of your brain that just really doesn't help you get to the truth or find the truth. And it's just all dumbed down. And so what yeah. so in essence, and for all the people out there, everyone listening to this episode and regular spiritlifters coming back watching and listening to our episodes on spiritlift is that yeah. so important to remember that the unit like for what i'm thinking in my mind well sorry in my heart <laughs> mm -hmm. about what you're talking about nicole is that we that our life is almost like a boomerang effect right it's nailed it yeah it's like what we're putting out it's going to come back to us, right? So if you think you... Because think about a sine wave, right? It goes up, it goes an equal amount down. It goes up, it goes an equal amount down. You have to remember a sine wave. It's everything. As within, so without. As above, so below. It's everything has a reciprocal. Everything has a pole. Even think about the earth. We have poles. We have negative. We have good. We have dark. We have yin. We have yin. Like we have these polarities in everything. And so if you want to get really, really deeper into how to find peace in all of this, 
you think of, most people think well, if I find the, the highest elation, if I'm the happiest, well, guess what happens right after you have the biggest elation of your life comes the crash. Why? Because everything has an equal, right? Everything has. And I think that's where even a lot of this stuff about soulmates comes in because everybody realizes that there's a whole, that there's an equal or an opposite or an even to everything. And therefore as a human being, there's an equal or there is an equal or an opposite, right? So you even think about, you just, everything is, a, everything that is in the world is frequency. So when we go back, let's go back to Tibetan monks again and meditation, right? Med, M-E-D, literally means middle. So when you're talking about the sine wave, what they're doing is they're releasing the illusion, releasing the frequency of going up and down and being out of balance. And they're getting to the middle, which is the dielectric energy that moves through the sine wave is what pulls the energy along. It's in the middle. It's not going up and down. It's in balance. So equal middle meditation literally means to get to the middle of that frequency or the middle of that sine wave and allow the world or the frequencies to go by. You can never control your mind. That's that's a very masculine, it's a very Western way of thinking about meditation. We're not here to control the mind because you never can. But you, if you recognize it and observe the mind from an observer standpoint, as opposed to reacting to the ups and downs, that's meditation. That's literally meditation. It's being in the, in the center of what's going on and observing it without being of it. That, yeah in a very simplistic way that I can describe that that's the meaning of life almost is finding balance. Yeah. Right? I mean, and you I mean, can find that signature in everything. It's in absolutely everything. Is it, is that why you could explain? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but, and it, as it aligns with again, astrology and the poles and the planetary system, oh, yeah. era, why the waves, why is there per like, for me, like, just imagine this. This is why I think the world we live in is just blows my mind, right? How do the waves, how do the, how does the ocean waves just, I mean, obviously there's hurricanes and there's tidal waves and tsunamis, but how is there's, there's just this perfect free, you know, waves coming along the beach and crashing along, you know, and how mm-hmm. is, how does the earth just not tilt a little to the left or a little to the right? So we either burn or, or freeze. How is it that, we consistently have the sun come up, sun come down. How do we just not drift off in the middle of, you know, something's going on, right? Because everything is connected. Everything is connected through um, what's called the ether. Um, And even the word earth kind of comes from the ether. So A-E-T-H-E-R. And they've even kind of found this, I think, in quantum physics where they can actually see it through special cameras. It's almost like the synapses of a brain that are interconnected between absolutely everything in the universe. So everything is literally bound together by this thing that we can't actually see called the ether. Um, And and, and that's way outside of what we even need to understand completely. But like when we want to even talk about the signature of this sine wave, this frequency being in absolutely everything, I think the one of the most fascinating things that you can look at are the stars and the earth. So if I were to take a map of the earth and I'm going to send you some pictures so that if you want to post it up for people, they can see it. But just think about a map flat out and you think about how the sun travels along the ecliptic of the earth. So it starts every single year in Aries, so the, the, the astrological sign of Aries, right? So we call that spring, meaning to spring up, right? So things are starting to grow. 
but that spring literally means that the sun is starting to spring up into the sky. And as it goes along, so it starts in Aries, then it goes to Taurus, Gemini, and Cancer. And guess what's up here on the, on the map of the Earth? The Tropic of Cancer, right? Because they know that the sun starts at the equator, goes up to the Tropic of Cancer. So why is astrology mentioned on the map of the Earth if, you know, if we're not meant to know this and know this signature? And it goes to Leo, down into Virgo. And if you look at the sign of Virgo, it's literally meant about, uh, it represents like planting the seeds, sowing seeds, getting the earth ready, uh, this mothering energy. And that, what is that? The fall. And what is this? What is the sun doing at that stage? It's falling. It, we're getting less sunlight, right? It's starting to fall down the ecliptic. And when it hits the sign of Libra, so Libra is the scales of balance, right? The sun is literally in the middle of the earth at the equator, Ecuador, right? It's right in the middle in Libra. It's all related. So, and then it goes down again. So to Capricorn where we get the least amount of sun um, and then it starts to kind of go back up. So I could talk about how I could explain even through the 12 disciples, that story of that sun's journey through the ecliptic. Can you do that? Right. I can. Yeah. <clears throat> And, and how basically, and, and that would probably be like, that would be like a, probably a two hour conversation. But I will send you some graphics and stuff like that, that you can kind of pop up that will show these yeah. things too. So, so that, that alignment of those frequencies of, or those part of the sine wave are related to the signs of astrology. <laughs> and then they're related to everything in the sky as above, so below. And then those seven visible planets that are inside of the signs are also in the Bible, the seven revelations or the seven chakras. It's all, you know what I mean? It's all, yeah. interconnected. all interconnected. All of these teachings are the exact same thing. So the revelations is literally how to free yourself. It's the opening of the seven chakras, right? Or you talk about the seven deadly sins, right? It's the same thing as opening the seven chakras, the problems with the ego and how to fix them. Interesting, yeah. interesting, and yeah, Nicole. I think what, what, what I'm curious about with what you're saying now, and kind of what we were just touching on before, on a personal level with people as well, mm -hmm. related to all this, and I, I, talking about balance again, is I don't think that would it be fair to say, in your opinion, that even if we do understand all this, even if we do understand that you know, uh, achieving a sense of balance, achieving a sense of the observer, the awareness of mm. all this connectivity and, you know, the true essence of life, etc. It's not, even if we knew all this, like on a profound level, like, and as you do, like, mm -hmm. that's not to say we're, we're not going to yeah. have a bad day either. Right. Like I, I, what I mean by that is like, we may like, for example, if I'm someone who, who, let's say I have a daily prayer ritual, I have a meditation ritual. I do, I don't know what is yoga, exercise, etc. Whatever it is, things that just make me feel good overall. I have good relationship. I mean, that's not to say that something's just going to come and hit you over the head like a hammer, and you're not going to know how not to deal with it, right? I mean, even the yeah. most, let's say, quote unquote, types of enlightened people have bad days, right? They do. Like, and that's the thing is that the difference between somebody who would consider themselves enlightened and somebody who would, um, I guess, not consider themselves enlightened is that when you start to understand all this knowledge, you start to realize that the negative and the positive are interconnected. 
because everything is right and everything has that pull so what you do then is you start learning how to use the negative as fuel right you use it you transform it as opposed to resisting it so it's it's really funny when you think about negativity when you think about things that happen to you that you consider negative um we tend to create more problems out of it because of the way we perceive it uh and resist it as opposed to again that observership basically allows it to flow through your life and not stick and stay with you and create more pain and create more problems because the body is very much an energetic vehicle it's like a battery so the more you hold on to energy specifically emotion so electric motion it needs to move and so when you hold on to things you get sick you create resistance points that's in the body it. that's it that's it it's like i'm sorry to interrupt you but that's it like when something good's happen we embrace it when something yeah. quote unquote bad happened, I'm using quotes because you can perceive however you want to perceive whatever it is in your life. But when quote unquote mm -hmm. bad yeah. things happen, it's the resistance that shifts that energy out of balance, that frequency. You're out of tune with the frequency that can help you assimilate what's going on in the proper way. And that's yeah. It, right. I mean, like, so for yeah. example, if I, I don't know. Let's say I'm having a day where I'm walking down the street with my wife, we're having an ice cream and we see a yeah. doggy and pet the doggy, whatever. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, someone drives by and they throw, I don't know, maybe they saw me somewhere one day and they said, I don't like that guy and throw a pizza yeah. in the back of my head, right? It's how I react to that, that will essentially, you know, maybe yeah. determine the rest of the day, the week, Etc. But it might be like, oh, that guy didn't like me. Oh well, and you yeah. brush it off and get on. Exactly. I mean, it could still be the best day of your life almost because you can say, oh man, that hurt. I mean, maybe you'll feel a little bit of that kind of tension inside. But then, depending on how then you react to it afterwards, like, okay, let's just go enjoy the rest of the day. Let's go and do whatever and get out of the day. It could turn yeah. out to be the most miraculous day. There was a time, and I, my wife and I always, well. Not always, but once in a while, I recollect on this. There was a day that we remember very distinctly that it seemed like everything would just turn out miraculous that day. Like we went, I don't know, uh, it even started early in the day. Like we saw uh, like a beautiful two rainbows. It, this is when we were living in England. We saw two beautiful rainbows just come like, yeah. out in the morning. Just beautiful. And then we saw... Um, uh, we saw like a, an incredible movie and then we saw some like people that we were thinking about and then we ran into them and then when we went yeah. to um out to eat and have like a drink that night someone offered to give us two bottles of champagne because they didn't want it like from their table and then when we left that night to go home we found 50 pounds on the ground like it was like how are there days like that like i don't know if, what they call synchronicities like when just there's just too many unbelievable things that just happen all at once. Like, yeah. how does that even happen? You know, like we're talking about the balance, but how do you, how do you even get days where they're just so incredibly spectacular like that? Mm -hmm. So days like that, I mean, they can basically, it usually, and you have to think about frequency, right? So the beginning of a wave usually is how the harmonic plays out. Okay. So if I strum a guitar, it tends to play that same note for a little while you hear it you know you'll hold the tone i feel the same way about the beginning of my day specifically so if something happened to you that was miraculous in the morning you're suddenly believing that 
miracles are suddenly possible for you and you're in that frequency and that harmonic will then play out for the rest of the day that's why like when you read things about the secret or even talk about like tony robbins how they're so fascinated with starting the morning by yeah. screaming um mantras um even joe uh dispenza talks about you know waking up and saying i expect miracles that's because you're toning your frequency just like the tibetan monks first so that the harmonic of the rest of the day plays out that way so honestly it probably started with you seeing the rainbows and like in this frequency of awe and then it harmonically kept going out throughout the rest of the day so it's literally like and then we wanted to talk about like you know working with negativity well there's people that i would consider to be magicians of this frequency look at kobe bryant when he was alive oh, yeah. kobe bryant was an alchemist this man had a room that he called his muse cage okay a muse cage of everything that was dark to him and made him feel pain and he would go in that room and feel the pain and use it as fuel to just destroy on the basketball court and Wait, he talks about this there's actually youtube videos about it sorry nicole stop right there really quick w please talk about that that's very important because i think what people mm -hmm. sometimes don't understand is that only tapping into this sense of okay you know everything's gonna turn out good today everything you know the mantra the the energy frequency you tap into every that's all great let's not disregard that but i think it's really important what you're saying right there about the, like the pain room right like and how that's feel michael jordan's the same way by the way he was like i mean mm -hmm. both him and kobe were just at you know the mm -hmm. finest form yeah. but i think please explain how those um let's say pain points or pain situations can we if we utilize in the right way can be for us uh we can use it yeah. as fuel like explain it because that's not easy to understand yeah. but it can be powerful can you explain that more so once you understand energy once you understand the poles of polarity and you understand frequency then you can kind of tap into what that means because you know the funny thing is is that most of the people that i know that are all love and light new age hippy dippy on that a lot of those people not all are very unhappy there's some of the most anxiety ridden people that i know and god love them but it's just some and, and seeking why? only and why? pleasure because seeking only light seeking only pleasure guess what that does what what pole you're sending yourself to it sends you to the negative polarity seeking only pleasure let's say i only eat ice cream every day i only want pleasure what's going to happen i'm going to get sick yeah. i'm going to be 500 pounds in a couple of years so when you think about um people that go after pain specifically for a positive reason think about going to the gym or being disciplined right discipline i go to the if i go to the gym every day and i put myself through a ton of pain what's going to happen i'm going to feel great my body is going to transform into something positive so when you start to seek pain for the sake of something positive you're now using energy as a master you are going after the experience to create something positive i know that it's kind of, that is kind of a bit of a mind uh -huh. f <laughs> yeah 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 but like th think about really really wealthy like celebrity types half them are in rehab what they have everything that we perceive that we would want right to be happy seeking pleasure seeking fame money and i've had experiences where i've gone through times where i've made a ton of money i had a business that made 1.4 million in one year and 
I was the most unhappy. I was actually suicidal. I was very, very unhappy at that part of, point in my life. Um, and again, I, I start to think about the things that you chase in life kind of sometimes end up being the opposite of that frequency. So it's, it's, it's interesting to think like, you don't think about going after painful experiences, but using them or another example I'll use is uh, childhood. People have, most people have a lot of childhood pain from something. For me, um, one of my childhood pains was not feeling seen or feeling like um, people didn't recognize me. So what that did, how I use that as an adult is it motivated me to be seen or to um, be successful. So again, a negative into a positive. It, it motivated me and fired me up for success because my inner child wants to be seen in some way, right? Uh, Nicole, I have a really important question to ask you right now before I forget. Why um, mm. we're, we're talking about there could be energy blockages that can make us sick sick if we resist. What's the difference between the energy yep. that um, we would resist that could make us sick or could make us depressed or anxious day to day versus what you're mm. talking about using this view? How do you how do you how do you um, make that explain that discrepancy a little bit? Right? Is like okay. Yeah. So I think because the best one way is to see it in yourself. Yeah, totally. I think the best way to see it in yourself is to see um, the type of relationships that you have in your life, the people that you keep in your life, whether it's friends, uh, partners, whatnot. You can see very much a mirror of how you feel about yourself reflected in the, the literal human beings that are in your, uh, I guess, your friend group or your relationship. So that's a really good place to start with, okay, what are you resisting? So where I'm going with this um, in terms of in terms of that resistance is that, um, let me talk about like partnerships. A lot of us go into a lot of our relationships thinking, okay, well, I need to make this work. This needs to be the one. And so sometimes when a natural ending of a relationship should happen, a lot of people don't end it when they should. And then there's that period of pain, right? Almost all relationships end with like a period of pain, right? Like whether it's fighting, arguing or whatnot, it's just, it's not natural to let go when something isn't working anymore if that makes sense yeah or it could be a job right you keep working at something that you don't even want to get up in the morning to do so you're in the state of resistance all day you're unhappy because you're not going with the flow of what you need and what you know that you want so in a way you're you're telling the universe that i'm not a priority my priority is xyz right but so but in, in a way it's just is... it happens like, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. What, but what it, what I also am trying to understand as well, like, because if I think about energy, um, like the, like the Kobe Bryant example, if I'm trying to use that as fuel to get me somewhere where I think mm. it's good, am I mm -hmm. aren't I still in a way like resisting something or holding back blocked energy that was of a pain pressure or a, a pain like a like a mm. closed type of energy but then trying to release it again to a different right so what he's doing is he's using the creationary process so his his creationary process is the basketball game right so he is ex he's using it as fuel and then exerting it physically Right. And that's really important to know, too, is that emotions hold inside of the body. They hold inside of different organs in the body based on what the emotion is and what the frequency is. Um, and basically, um, it, it, 
people people don't realize that let's say if i have a problem with you devin and i hold on to that and i replay that in my mind all the time um it's what gonna you do, cause right? resistance what you do yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but uh instead what you can do is with those moments when those those pain points you can either like think about people who created beautiful works of art or beautiful music from a breakup and it becomes like a number one hit song you know like that is using pain to express it has to be expressed the energy has to move and so whether that's creating a painting a song doing a, a talking with people literally just talking or you can write it out in a journal that's an expression or you can play uh you know sports but you have to physically exert energy it has to get out of you right do you, do you think it's quite intriguing nicole that let's let's talk about van gogh i don't know how much you may or may not know about van gogh but he <clears throat> I, I've, you know, cited him quite a bit throughout my life um, at different points, and he seemed to be really depressed, this guy, right? I mean, he yeah. just just could not get over a lot of issues, unfortunately. Poor guy. Yep. But it's, it just seems like um, when he was painting, like he just transcended, right? He was, he was literally transcending yeah. into something else other than yeah. what his state was at that at that given time right? so like again mm -hmm. like i think you know it's fascinating it's really really fascinating and we're, we're touching on a lot of different topics that is really good mm. and really important but i think it all comes to an all-encompassing sort of idea which is i believe that we shouldn't have we should spend more time now we oh what's the meaning of life and why are we here okay that's fine but you know you can do that but it's getting to know the very essence the molecular essence of us right this mm -hmm. yeah. and this vibration this this like tone of the universe that is all of us and that connects us right and if we can mm -hmm. get that and understand how that all works not works like yeah. like in a manual way but just works as mm -hmm. it is of a constant you know movement and motion everything else mm -hmm. right and we don't yeah. and we don't just um you know like you said we don't have to go and just chase these pleasures and happiness and this and that you know these a lot of that is like what you're kind of touching on before it's all part of the analytical Parts. Yeah. Like, oh, our brain says we need this. We need that. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. It's about. And I can, I can attest too, is that I'm a very mental person. I'm um, very like, I, I think about this stuff a lot. And I find that when I, the more that I think about it and the more I try to know it, the more miserable I become, to be honest. And the more that I accept just in the moment, what is, is the more kind of peaceful and the more joy I sort of feel. So the, the mental body is sort of the time. I think the mental body is the one thing that kind of keeps us from actually knowing ourselves because I don't think you can truly understand it with the mind, but when you understand it with the heart, it's different. That frequency or that sine wave, that's that's coming through the pulse of your heart, right? But why that's where why the heart comes from, right? Why, Nicole, why the heart? When people say, you know, the heart chakra, the heart energy the heart electromagnetic field what what is it about the heart itself that makes it so important and unique to our human mm -hmm. nature to 
to experience and know thyself in a way what what is it about? well so basically when i talk about the sine wave right i i usually talk about the beginning middle and the end and then it goes down but then it kind of comes back up and it creates this sort of toroidal field okay everything has a toroidal or a torus field around it so this is a this could be again a whole other talk but the center of that torus field or the center of creation is actually the heart right it's the center of the torus field of the energetic body that you are. So it's literally where your life force is coming out of. Um, and this can even be proven in, in, in um, uh, quantum physics as well, um, if you want to look at that. But literally, the, the tone or the frequency that your heart is at is literally going to be the frequency of your reality. So that's why, even the, talk about Buddhist monks again, the breathing exercises, everything is centered around concentrating on the chest breathing heart rhythm everything is about toning the heart rhythm and getting um in balance within the heart that's exactly why they do that um, because they know that that is what tones the frequency of the entire uh your entire reality that is so key that and is also so think important. about the word if yeah and if we are the universe if we are source creation what is art right art is a creationary act um, and if you think about heart and art are almost the exact same words. So your creationary force is coming right from the center, right? It doesn't come from when you're thinking, thinking, thinking. Artists aren't thinking, thinking, thinking all the time. They're expressing. That's more of a passive energy that comes through the heart. And I, I don't know if people know this, but I, I've looked it up uh, previously in, in other research. But I think people don't understand that I think the heart actually has its own neurons like um it does has, uh, it has its own mind <laughs> its own mind it has its, its own mind got. so i mean mm -hmm. and this is so powerful the electromagnetic field around our heart and everything that mm -hmm. you just described i mean if we really yeah. get in tune with that and i like that idea of what you said and this is what i do personally like the morning if you get your morning right i think it can generally set a good tone the rest of your day as in general, yeah. you know, it depends. But I mean, for myself, I've, I've changed my practice of how I spend the first two or three hours every day, which is almost by myself pretty much. Mm -hmm. And man, my life's really changed, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's even, it's funny that you said the word morning too, because, um, we also have to look at like, if you really also want to understand how you're creating the world around you, understand your words and even the word mourning, mm -hmm. what happens when someone dies, right? Mm -hmm. Not every, every, um, religion or not even religion, like culture around the world has a different way of describing that. But the English language is really interesting that we, we call the end of our work week weakened, you know, we, the rising of the morning is morning. It's really, really interesting. But when you look at where we're at in society and how we perceive our work and how we perceive our lives, it's not too dissimilar than the words that we're using, right? So that's what, when I teach these classes, I always try to uh, tell people to change that, change that one word too, morning, into something like rising, rising. right? Or rising, right? Rising or something different because that those words, um, we, we talked about some of the systems that kind of um, suppress information a little bit. Well, guess what? I think a lot of this stuff kind of comes from there. Um, well, fortunate or unfortunate, but yeah. No. But and, it's for and, us, right? It's for evolution. The pain that, that that has created throughout time, it does serve a purpose as well. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, 
you know, when you're talking about <clears throat> our words, it, it made me remember a lot. The, I can't remember the name of the uh, scientist from, I think it's Japan. I could, I could be botching this, but he did that experiment with the rice, right? And he put mm -hmm. uh, water and rice and in two separate rooms and said different things to them. Yep. Works, one expressions of love, one other expressions of hate or anger. Yep. And it was just insane. Like the when they put those under the microscopes after and saw this yes. a beautiful crystallizations of the, mm -hmm. the molecules and all these patterns yep. incredible and then the other one was just black mm -hmm. and that it's and going unreal. back to what you we were talking about at the very beginning of this episode is like um we we have to understand ourselves at the molecular level right because we are vibration mm -hmm. and yes. that our words if we're just screaming at somebody all the time imagine what that's doing to them on the inside Mm -hmm. and to you like it's it's really funny because we're made of what 70 percent water and yeah. if you look at that experiment how water holds memory yep what are the memory. things that you're saying memory. to yourself right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that goes back to what are you saying to yourself what are your thoughts because it's it's ingrained it's in the memory of your body and you're training and you're telling your body what to do and you're telling your consciousness what to perceive right unbelievable nicole mm -hmm. this is been a very scintillating and enlightful <laughs> enlightening sorry, <laughs> conversation and i there's so many more other issues i really want to get to but unfortunately we're always capped at a certain time but we will definitely <laughs> have to have you on again so we'll talk about some yeah i'd love to again in much more detail and and we can yeah. you go with a fine comb through some of these other issues that are so interesting just dig them down dig them down and get into other really important topics. that'd be awesome our viewers and listeners surely will definitely enjoy and because they really enjoy you and they really enjoy all your incredible insight into everything and uh nicole before we finish you know just going back to the kind of precipitous of this conversation is again on a more kind of, um, let's say, very basic, fundamental human level, you know, if people don't understand right now, or they just can't understand, like, why am I, why I feel bad every day? Why can't I get out of my situation? Why am I always in debt? Why, you know, my life sucks, I suck, mm. et cetera. So, like, what, what would you, as we conclude this episode, what would you say to those people right now about really who they are and, and you know, about their situation mm -hmm. and how they can just mm -hmm. turn their turn their life around starting today. I would say what I would say is what they say in the Torah, which is the the, the Jewish or Hebrew text. They say that show me the child until the age of seven. Remember that number seven. Yeah. And I'll show you the man. So what I would say is that if you're struggling in cycles of poverty, if you're struggling in cycles of poor relationships, if you're struggling um, with self-image, the best thing that I think that anybody can do is to look back at your childhood. Look back as deeply as you can into the first seven years of your life and you will see the harmonic of, because when you're from zero to seven years old, you're in a theta state of frequency, meaning you're just a sponge. You're taking it all in. 
right? You're just recording in your in your mind. You're learning what relationship, what your relationship are to men, to women, to mo even money. It's crazy. Um, and that's literally what gets imprinted into um, your mind. And literally those patterns carry out for the rest of your life until you become aware of the fact that that harmonic has been imprinted in you. And that's where like we start talking about inner child work and we start talking about like um, looking at your patterns and seeing, starting to see the things that play out in your life over and over and over and how similar people are coming into your lives and why. Um, and that's when you start making changes because then you can say, okay, well, I have these insecurities because X, Y, Z, or, oh, I must really, let's talk about money, just money. I must really not have a high self-worth because I feel if you value yourself highly, you, those, that, that abundance frequency comes into you a lot easier. You do not resist, um, success. So, um, yeah, there, there's something to be said about that. And again, I want to say that this is also my learning, my perception, this, you know, use your own discernment and do your own research. But um, this is what I found to be true for me. That's unbelievable. And that's so important. People get that because I think in a way it's, we have to remember, yeah, those first seven years are like a, a programming in a way, like the download, literally, like I'm thinking mm -hmm. like Apple down, you know, downloading everything on my phone, but in a way we can, if we want and we choose to, we can de program yes. or deconstruct that to really find and create new firings create new. in the brain right. yeah mm -hmm. and there's yeah, many people that that teach it i don't teach it specifically but i do use like uh, a lot of teachers um and do my own reprogramming uh, quite frequently and still working on it to this day like quite a bit um and probably will for probably the rest of my life right um but there's a lot of really great teachers looking at look at epigenetics these are the guys you want to you you really want to talk to because they're the ones who are pioneering this fact that you can change your 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 genetic uh, expression through your thoughts and rewiring the synapses in your brain. That's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. I will have to definitely. It's crazy. <laughs> dive into that more for sure as well. Nicole, mm -hmm. where can our viewers and listeners find out more information about you? Connect with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I'll see everything you do. So last time we spoke, you said I need to get a website. So I did get a, I did get a website going. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, Good. Yeah. So if you just Google my name now, if you write in Nicole Tufts, um, I'm going to probably be the first one to pop up there because it's on Google Business. You can click on my website there. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Mystic Nick with, uh, yeah, just find Mystic Nick. And uh, I'm on Facebook too. So anywhere you kind of put in my name, you'll probably find me, Nicole Tufts. Perfect. So for all of our viewers and listeners, all the spirit lifters out there will include all of Nicole's information as usual in the description box and the pinned comments and the show notes. So you can connect with her, follow her and engage with her. And just, you know, she's really, really insightful and very profoundly knowledgeable on so many things. So please check her out and follow her and connect with her where she mentioned and i will include all that so thank you again nicole this is a pleasure thank you we will be doing another mm -hmm. episode again in the future so definitely I think our viewers and listeners will be so excited so thank you so much again sweet we will see you all on the next episode take care everyone mm -hmm.